This is Jim Poitras with the Poitras Ponderings Podcast, where we pause, we ponder, and we project. And today, I want to project something. Some little-known facts about the Poitras family. I graduated from Indiana Bible College as one of my degrees. Melinda graduated from Indiana Bible College. Kendra graduated from Indiana Bible College as one of her degrees. And I still pray for staff and students that Melinda and Kendra went to school with, believing that God is going to use them mightily as they train tomorrow's leaders today. There are so many exciting things about Indiana Bible College. I enjoy going there each year at the invitation of Robert K. Rodenbush, uh, the Dean of Missions for their missions conference and thoroughly enjoy all of my interaction with the staff and the students there. But I also appreciate so much the IBC podcast. And I am encouraging you, the listeners of the Poitras Ponderings podcast, to go ahead and subscribe to the IBC podcast as well, because you will not be disappointed. God bless Indiana Bible College. God bless all that they're doing for advancing the kingdom of God globally as they train men and women for the global harvest. We appreciate you so very much. stepping into a little African church in a village. The temperature was well over 100 degrees, and it made it even hotter in that little church with the tin roof. But as I stepped to the pulpit, I remember asking that little congregation this question. How many promises are in the Word of God for you? One little girl was so excited as she raised up her hand and she thought that she had the right answer. And she said, there's one promise in the word of God for me. And I said, well, you've done a very good job there, but not exactly right. And so I asked the question again and someone else said, there are two promises in the word of God for us. Well, good job, but not exactly Right. And then someone else said, the drummer, in fact, there are seven promises in the word of God for us. Good try, I said, because we all know that seven is God's perfect number. And if you're asked a question about the Bible, when it comes to a number, it's a good choice to mention the number seven, the number of God's perfection. I remember a Bible school teacher that worked with us, a missionary that worked with us in Ghana, and he taught basic Bible doctrine on the new birth. And I heard the students saying one day they were having a discussion about his test. And they said this, that if you don't know the answer to the questions about the new birth, just put Acts 2.38, because everything can be answered by Acts 2.38. That was also a good guess for a test on Bible doctrine. 
the reality is this. So many times we live so far below where we should when it comes to the promises of God and not just possessing the promises of God, but actually proclaiming the promises of God to other people. So how many promises are in God's word for you? Well, somewhere around 7,487 promises in the 66 books of the Bible. I challenge you to go ahead and check it out. You say, well, Poitras Ponderings, Jim Poitras, how are we going to ponder about how many promises in God's Word? How do we exactly check that out? Well, first of all, you can check Google. Google many times tells the truth. Uh, secondly, you could go ahead and start counting the promises of God for yourself. That would be a way to really check that out. Or you could start proclaiming them, stating them one by one. Just each day, just take one promise and state that promise in God's word that could very well be for, for you. Now that would take you, I did the math, that would take you about 20 and a half years to go through God's word and to state 7,487 promises. And many of them would be exactly designed for you. But many times we live in ignorance when it comes to God's promises. Things like this, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Numbers 23, 19. I like this one. Romans chapter 4, verses 19 to 21. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded what he had promised, he was able also to perform. That's Romans 4, 19 to 21. I want to go ahead and proclaim personal promises in my life. There's a lot of pausing and pondering going on in our world today. But I think the real deal is to shift back to the Word of God and to see what the Word has to say about personal promises for us, for you and for me. Maybe that's why I like the personal promise Bible that is available. And you can go and you can read through the Bible. You can insert your name there. It can be personalized in over 5,000 places in the New Testament, in the book of Psalms and Proverbs. If you don't believe me, here's a few examples that I like for myself. If Jim dwells in the secret place of the Most High, Jim will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalms chapter 91, verse 1 by which he has granted to Jim his precious and exceedingly great promises, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Or how about this one? The Lord is Jim's shepherd. Jim shall not want. Psalms chapter 23 and verse number 1. I get it. You may never own a personal promise Bible. 
but you and me, we can personally insert our names into every promise that God has intended for us. I know that promises are placed in all kinds of categories, but it really comes down to two types. It's either conditional or unconditional. Conditional, based on conditions, unconditional, the opposite. There are no conditions. God is going to do it. If the promise is conditional, it really comes down to this, that God says, I will do this for you if you will do that. I'll do this if you do that. I have a, a statement written here. I'm not sure exactly who said it, so I'm just going to think that I said it. And I think that I really did. I love it when God fulfills his promises. But he loves it when we fulfill the promise. So promises can be conditional or unconditional. Unconditional obviously means that the promise is without conditions. God's going to do it no matter what. There is nothing that can stop God from doing an unconditional promise. Like Acts chapter 1, verse number 11. This same Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. That's an unconditional promise. It's going to happen. Acts 2, 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. It's an unconditional promise. It's, it's going to happen. And there are obviously times that some of the promises are both conditional and unconditional. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So the unconditional part is that that promise is going to be sent. The conditional part is that you have to wait until you receive it. You need to persist until you receive it. Because mark it down. In 2020, every year that has come before 2020, any time that the Lord gives us after 2020, God is a promise keeper, and deep in your hearts, you know that every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed, but as surely as the Lord your God has given you the good things he promised, he will also bring disaster on you if you disobey him. He will completely wipe you out from this good land he has given you. Joshua chapter 23, verses number 14 to 16 the promises of God. I'm so thankful today that I serve the God that promises. Melinda Poitras, you remember her, the one that is supposed to be actively involved as my co-host, started off the journey with me. Oh no, dad, I don't want to do a podcast on my own. Well, uh, she'll be back on the Poitras Ponderings podcast, I'm sure. But you probably have heard that she has her own podcast called He Said, She Said, the one with the books and bros. And I had to really ask her like two or three times, like, Melinda, what are you talking about? The bros. Anyways, Melinda has a fantastic, fabulous podcast. I encourage you to go ahead and subscribe and check it out. She made a couple of statements 
that I really liked and I want to use in this particular podcast episode. She said, we don't walk by sight, we walk by promises. And then she made another statement when she was writing an article with me. Sometimes as Christians, we are like beggars living next to a diamond mine. The answer to all of our problems is just inches away, but we never reach out and touch it. That's a good statement, Melinda, on the Poitras Ponderings podcast. Thank you very much, Mel. Anyway, coming back to Jim Poitras with the Poitras Ponderings podcast. I was thinking earlier this morning as I was doing my Bible reading from the book of Jeremiah. I wondered if it was possible to ever get a word of encouragement from the weeping prophet. And I was reading in Jeremiah chapter 23. I know that the book of Jeremiah is not the easiest place to find the promises of God and the wreckage of dreariness and destruction. As you see statements like in the midst of judgment and deceitful shepherds and scattered sheep and forsaken people and gathered remnants and shaken bones and lying prophets and violent whirlwinds and punished people and cursed land, dried up pleasant places, evil life. Is it possible to find a promise in the midst of all of that? Yeah, it is. Because in verse number four, it says, I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. I uh, also read there, am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God that is also a fire off? And uh, so, yeah. Thank you. The scripture asked the question, am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off, question mark. So I think he's asking me the question, and I'm like, hey, thanks for asking me. Right in the, in the book of Jeremiah in chapter 23, I reflect on the promises of God, and I know that my God is near and my God is far, that the God that I serve is closer than the mention of his name. He is here, he's there, he's everywhere. He's everywhere present, he is nowhere absent, he is all-powerful, he is all-knowing, he's all-seeing. Heaven is his throne, earth is his footstool. The glory of the Lord covers the entire earth, that the God that I serve will never leave me, he will never forsake me, that he is living inside of me, He's the hope of glory. He's in us, the hope of glory. And then the book of Jeremiah goes back to some other things. It says, do not I fill heaven and earth, says the Lord. In verse 24, verse 29, is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces? And then Jeremiah launches back into the depressing stuff. There's everlasting reproach. There's perpetual shame. We are cast out of God's presence. Well, we're not. There are perverted prophets. There are stolen words. There are false dreams. But I am reminded once again today that God is with me. He is beside me. He is above me. He is below me. He's everywhere. There's no place that I can go that he's not already there. And it reminds me of a 
little popular story when it comes to African traditional religion. I started with a story from Africa. I want to kind of close out with a story from Africa that the African traditional religion story said that the old man and the old woman were working together cooking food, and they were cooking what they call fufu, or pounding what they call fufu. And there is this uh, container that you pound the fufu with, and there's this kind of this long stick. I think they called it a pistol, but there's this long stick. And the old woman would continue to pound the fufu, and she kept pounding, but the problem was that every time that she would pound the fufu, she would take that stick and she would take it and she would lift it up over her head and she would hit the old man and she continued to pound. And finally, the old man was so perturbed that he left the old woman and he departed fire into the heavens because he could not put up with this old woman that continued to hit him with a stick. It kind of reminds me of that song. It's an old song, but the song says, God is watching us from a distance. Yes, God is watching us from a distance, but he's also watching us up close. He is by our sides. He is in us. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. And I continue to believe that because it's a personal promise for God's word, from God's word, and is with us at the Poitras Ponderings podcast. Thank you for listening to the Poitras Ponderings podcast. Join us again next week for another great episode. Thank you.